0: Welcome to the most innovative, creative, intellectually stimulating podcast around. Now let's listen to one-on-one with Dr. D. You've tuned in to One-on-One with Dr. D. Now, get ready to listen. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Welcome once again to One-on-One with Dr. D. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Henderson. God bless you. How are you doing today? I pray that you all are doing well 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 we're here for part two of this lesson which is coming from a lesson that I taught uh, in my school called the seer the prophet and the gift what we did last week is we went over the seer portion of what was taught and just I want to run through a quick recap very quickly of what was taught last week so I can catch anyone up that may have missed uh, last week's segment Uh, and I do suggest that you go back and you listen to that segment so that you can catch up uh, with this week's segment. Alright? So what we did was we defined um, what a seer is and um, the aspects of the seer. So we, we got into the depth of Uh, Of the definition of what a seer was And basically um, Basically saying that there are many different versions of a seer But it's most basic spiritual definition is that It is one who sees in the spirit realm And prophesies what is seen There are many other aspects around that That we covered So that was just one of them We also spoke about the different individuals One of the uh, most prolific and first actual seers, and he was actually a seer prophet, was the prophet Samuel. So that was another highlight of last week's lesson. Also, we found out that there were other seers that were not as well known. Um, Edo was a uh, seer uh, in 2nd Chronicles. You can find him. Gad was another seer in 1st Chronicles, and so was Zadok in 2nd Samuel. He was also a seer. You barely heard about Zadok. Okay. The, the, the scripture that I like to utilize is actually 1 Samuel 9.9. 9. I oftentimes use it when I'm speaking to individuals and finding out about um, whether or not uh, the gifting of the seer is still in existence. And we did go over that and why I define that the gifts are merged and that the seer is an actual function of the prophet and it is not separate from the prophet. There are prophets, and I do not, and I can contend, I will continue to contend uh, that there are not seers because the gift in and of itself is handicapped if it's just a seer. A prophet covers the gamut of the entirety of both the seeing and the speaking aspect. When you say a seer, a seer is just seeing and and speaking but if God is speaking to you can you actually hear and speak what God is saying? The question still remains that if you can only function in one realm, that means your gift is not working in totality. Because when God bridged the two together, he did it because the economy that was set up by the by the original seer now hear this Some people will disagree with me By the original seer in the Old Testament Was um uh, Balak And he was not A seer under God Yet he had a whole economy And was ruling That entire economy Based on divination I don't want to um Reopen and rehash that But that was the aspect that we went into Also um We spoke about uh, the gifting of the seer and how it was incorporated, like I just said. Okay. And also, we went into a question, which I hope that everyone answered, which was, do you believe that the gift of the seer is still in operation? And if so, I wanted a breakdown of why. And I want you to give scripture to support your narrative or your conclusion. Not only do I want scripture for it. And if you could, you could send it to me on the Prophet's Cave. You could send it to me uh, at ApostleDVH at gmail.com. Okay. Or you can simply call me or text me at 845-531-7786. Amen. And I need you to make sure that you exegete the scripture that you are giving me don't send me an eisegeted scripture because what we're trying to do is we're trying to come to a conclusion of a matter so we have to speak definitive facts and not um, not supposits or suppositions okay now I spoke about what was Balaam who was he, what was he why Why did God allow him to run through with divination? Okay? um, Why were the elders looking for him? And why were they paying him money to do these works? All right? And that was just basically a, a quick recap of the seer aspect of the seer, the prophet, and the gift. Now, this week, I want to speak more in reference to the prophet themselves. The gift of the prophet. Now, if you ever notice, if you listen to me, you hear me constantly say the gift, the gift of, the gift of, the gift of. Well, when Christ kept led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. He did not give offices. So here's another contention um, in my ministry and many other individuals. You will hear many of the larger ministries call the prophet in office. Yet, there is no place in scripture that It is defined as an office. Yet, what they do is they take the governmental aspect and call it an office. But when you're dealing with governments, governments oftentimes are electable. They're oftentimes electable, which means they can be placed in and taken out of. Not unless you're talking about a monarchy totalitarianism, dictatorship, any of those aspects, yes, you can just move without that. Otherwise, I consider it a gift. Once again, utilizing the passage of Scripture that when Christ led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men and then it has a listing of what gifts he gave. All right. So you'll never hear me say office. You will always hear me say gift. Once again, if you have a disagreement with me, we can always conversate and speak it out. Show me where I'm wrong. And believe me, I will I will change my tune um, without being embarrassed because I will point that out to my uh, listeners. Amen. So now here's a question. What is a prophet? That's that Jeopardy music. you hear me pause? All right. What is a prophet? Well, the definition of a prophet, and this is in my estimation, okay, is a prophet is a person who is specifically equipped to be a functionary of a deity. Notice I didn't say of God, of a deity, of their ideology, of what God is to them. So they may they may believe that they are speaking for their God. So they're a functionary. They have a function for their God. It it, it cannot get any simple. Uh, if it got any simpler, I uh, I it would you need help for me to make you misunderstand it. Okay? So besides the prophet, what exactly is prophecy? Because uh, sometimes people interchange the definition of the prophet and prophecy, and it's not that big of a deal, but if you want to move into s- specifics, then we would have to look at it from this aspect, alright? So prophecy is this. Prophecy is, let's see, okay, uh, it's basically an inspired communication from God. Inspired. Communication From God It's God's And I'm going to call it supernatural Because I have a problem with that word in particular okay? But it's God's supernatural communication To us I want to redefine that Let me put in here It's God's spiritual Communication To us Okay, and, 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 and oh, I'll, I'll leave that right there to us. Okay, now what makes it prophecy is that God speaks to his prophets before, okay, this is prior to, the earthly event in question occurs. Okay, before it occurs. occurs occurs, whichever way you want to say it but before it happens God speaks to the individual that he has deemed he has called he has gifted as a prophet tells them the event that is going to take place but he doesn't tell them it's going to take place simply for them to sit back and not do anything with the information that he told them God doesn't do things for no reason he does everything for a reason serve a God of purpose. Alright? That's what we do. We serve a God of purpose. Not a God of just wanting to show off. Now, here's a good question that some people have asked. Why do you prophesy? What's the purpose behind you prophesying? Now, I know many people say, well, you prophesy because God desires to give His people a word maybe it's a um maybe it's the type of word that is going to benefit them maybe it's something that's going to happen to them he's going to keep them out of trouble and god could send angels for everything like that but why why do we prophesy listen the prophet and god's prophetic people prophesy out of obedience to god And for the love that God has for us That's why It breaks down to the very same thing That Jesus came to proclaim God's love for us uh, 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 Jesus' entire walk Was because of love If you want to break it down to its most infinitesimal and, And relative terms He came because he loved us John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son It begins right there It stops in the middle And then it stops at the end Because He loved us Period And understand this Those who obey the Lord Here it is Are His friends And are privy to God's business I'm going to say that again Those who obey Him are his friends The Bible says If you love me You will obey me That's the sentiment Of a parent Not a dictator But a parent Who loves Okay John 15 13-15 says Greater love has no one Than this To lay down one's life For his friends You are my friends If you do what I command I no longer call you servants Because a servant does not know His master's business Instead I have called you friends For everything that I learned From my father I have made known to you That's Jesus speaking to us That's Jesus speaking directly To us Because he simply loved us Now I want to move a little bit deeper into the aspects that that are mostly neglected by a lot of individuals. I've only heard um, I've only heard apostles speak in reference to this. Okay, How do we prophesy? How is it that the information gets from where it gets from, which is from God's lips to our ears, our hearts, our minds, our spirits for us to. Uh, for it to go through us and push through us to come out so that it becomes a relevant word in the life of the individual that it's sent to effect. What happens in that? Well, let me read a scripture for you, another scripture for you. Numbers um, 12, 6. It says, And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him. Here it is. In a vision, okay. And I will speak unto him in a dream. So, vision. And once again, we can go back to the seer. And speak unto him in a dream. The prophet. The prophet being the oracle. And that which was once called a... Seer is now a prophet, and the emergence. And we're speaking numbers now. This is Old Testament. God wanted to make sure that they knew that because this was in the likes of, of a conversation that took place between Miriam and Aaron, um, speaking about Moses, and it 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 upset the Lord, and so he had to make it known that he heard this conversation. Amen. Now, I want to go into. prophecy takes place how do we prophesy how do we move beyond our physical bodies so that we can get this message because many people believe that God speaks we hear we speak God gives a dream or a vision we see we speak that's great that's a very small infinitesimal aspect of how this is done I'm gonna make a statement so that people who hear it you can understand it the only way for us to prophesy remember I define what prophecy is is that we are able now and this is for the visionary which is the seer also If you you are saying that you are a seer, you're not a prophet, well, I want you to follow along with me under this wise. This is what God does, okay? As a seer slash prophet or a prophet slash seer, I prefer to say prophet in the totality of the gifting. You prophesy from the future. That's what you do. You prophesy from the future. Now I'm not talking about time machines and none of that other stuff. Because remember, we serve a God who stands outside of the realm of time. He created time. So in the fact that he created time, time was not created for God. It was created for us. It encapsulates us. Time did not begin relatively until we walked out of the Garden of Eden I want you to picture this in your minds if you can that we were in a timeless bubble in the Garden of Eden we don't know what the time was between when God breathed his breath into Adam and he became a living soul and then he saw that that Every animal had a partner And he said it's not good for man to be alone Let me create a woman for him And took a rib from his side And he created woman And Adam took a look at the woman and said Bone of my bone Flesh of my flesh This one should be called Eve and we don't know the time period That it took You want to know why we don't know the time period Because within the encapsulation Of that area There was no time. But they walked out of time after the disobedience. God came down to speak to them in the cool of the day. Every day, hear me, in the cool of the day. What does the Bible say about a day? A day is like a thousand years, like a thousand years. He came down to speak with them. I want you to think about this. And he had conversations with them. Our ideal of what a day is is only 24 hours the possibility that it could be longer than 24 hours doesn't even begin to be fathomed in our minds because we're stuck in a mode of a timed construct because it was developed and built for us why because sin made time start ticking The moment man sinned. It was after that. That Adam and Eve. Began to have children. Not inside. Of the timeless bubble. Which was the Garden of Eden. The reason I'm calling it a bubble. Is because nothing else was going on. Except for the Garden of Eden. At that point in time. When he removed them from the Garden of Eden. They had children. Imagine this, if you can. Imagine Adam and Eve had children while they were in and at the Garden of Eden. And then they had to leave the Garden of Eden. Do you believe that that child would have had the the same uh, curse upon he or she? Because Adam and Eve, and let's call it what it was, they disobeyed God. They were put out of the garden. That was a curse. They were in paradise. I'm getting off the topic here. But I just wanted to give you an insight into the things that are relevant to what is going to take place when you prophesy. Because you're going to be moving and traversing. Let me tell you, there are realms. With realms are the top of the echelon. I hear people and ministers speak about um, Going from you know going to different dimensions. Well you cannot go to a different dimension if you have not cleared the levels. That's period. Because the Bible speaks about line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And that's and I'm and, and I'm not exegeting, I'm isogeting a scripture. I'm taking it out of context on purpose. But when you think about that, how it is that we learn those things, then you can also take a look at the levels that we are spiritually. As the children of God, spiritually, where are we? We learn line upon line, line upon line. That means level to level, level to level. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Dimension to dimension. Dimension to dimension. Here a little, there a little. Realms. Spirit realms. These are the things, but these equations only come if you have learned each one beforehand. It's like learning math. It's like learning anything that you need to build Upon you have to start from the basics and learn and gradually apply what you've learned each step of the way. Amen. Well, listen, I've I've overspoke um, some of the things. So what I want to do is I want to continue this next week. Next week we're going to speak about the mechanics of prophecy. Hear me, the mechanics of prophecy. How do you prophesy from what place does it come from how does God speak to us okay in the manner that he speaks to us I want us to go and get in depth into this thing only because once we do this we'll be able to get a, gain a better understanding of the intricacies of prophecy and though we've all been given a gift Because understand And I'll say it like I said it before Everyone can prophesy I've said it in the last segment Acts 2.17 Joel 2.28 In the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh All flesh means every flesh Which means You can prophesy I can prophesy Your dog can prophesy. Your cat can prophesy. Your cats, your hamsters, your gerbils. Everybody can prophesy. Now I know some of you are thinking, well, he's crazy because, you know, cats and dogs prophesying. But they can. Their behavior tells you. Don't get stuck in believing that prophecy can only be done in speaking. Our definition for us as the image and likeness of God puts us in a a particular way so that we can prophesy like that. However, it can go much deeper. You mean to tell me an animal can't prophesy? Whenever bad weather is getting ready to come along, we don't know anything about it. But your dogs and your cats start, and I'll use this terminology, your dogs and your cats will start bugging out. When the weather's getting bad, if you ever looked at horses and cows and find out if a bad thunderstorm is coming or or something uh, tragic is getting ready to happen, they sense it in the atmosphere. What do you call that? What exactly do you call that? All right. I just want us to think more clearly about these spiritual things without us becoming um, super charismatic because we're Christian expialidocious. All right. Amen. Now, beloved, with that, that brings me now to my school moment. Beloved, today's school moment is Miss interpretation. Misinterpretation. Now, on tonight's episode, I did something that I usually don't do. I eisegeted a particular text of scripture to make it fit into an idea that I desired. That's the wrong application of scripture. I wanted to come back and say that to you because It happens too much in the body of Christ. And this is how misinformation is spread. You see, there are many different ways to interpret the word of God. However, there is a correct, applicable way to apply scripture to a text. Which means you never read into the text what you bring to the text so that you can change the text. You come to the text empty so that the text can be read into you. That's how you exegete scripture properly and you'll never have to eisegete scripture in any way, shape or form. Believe me, it'll help the overall theological um, aspects of your ministry And even how you minister prophetically because you'll be more careful with your words. Beloved, words matter and how you say them matter. And that is today's School Moment. Today's theological word is petrology, or let's say patristics, and the meaning of that is studies of the teaching of the church fathers, or the development of Christian ideas and practice in the period of the church fathers. Now, this is very important because history plays a large part in our understanding of the present tense. And how we look at the Bible from yesterday. So remember, the terminology is petrology or patristics. And that is today's theological word. Thank you for tuning in to the teaching ministry of one-on-one with dr d please don't forget to like share and subscribe until next time see you on the other side